Welcome to episode 28 of the Victors, a Michigan sports podcast. We are affiliated with Between the Whistles Detroit, a JC Sports Network exclusive. I'm your host, Chad Mazigan, joined by my co-host as always, Mr. Jordan Dean. That's two years in a row. Woo! Ohio State goes down again in, uh, I'd say, a more impressive fashion than last year. Oh, absolutely. It was more impressive, man. Uh, no question know, about it. A lot of a lot of doubt going into this one. Uh, we, we, us we, included. Us included, yeah. Uh, 100%. You know, when Ronnie fairness, though, I will say this. If Blake Corum was healthy for the game, I would have been much more eager to give Michigan a victory in my prediction. Um, but, man, I just – how the whole year had gone up to this point with, you know, Blake Corum being the, the binding of the offense, J.J. kind of doing what he had to do when, you know, he needed to do it, but never really the guy do – you yep. know, the main never guy. Never had that moment. Yep. Right. Uh, so it was – Left a lot of questions, and you know those questions got answered. They certainly did. I tell you what, man. I, it was we were texting throughout the game, and like you're right, like those fundamentals seemed different. His pocket awareness seemed great. Like he didn't miss a lot of throws. He just felt confident, cool, calm, and collected. And like it almost felt like they were toying with us all year. Like we were we're struggling on purpose not to deep ball, so Ohio State won't for the Ohio State game specifically. Right. I know that's not the case, but I loved Ronnie Bell's interview at the end of the game after the fact. He just walks up to JJ and Milvin and he's like, "I could swore I heard somewhere we can't throw the can't throw the rock." And like I was like, you know what, Ronnie Bell, I was one of those guys, man. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. I think like, I, I think most people were. I mean, uh, but yeah, I agree. Like like I said, I thought you know watching that game just. His mechanics look so much different, so much more, I guess, like so much more of a focus to emphasize yeah, the yep. right mechanics compared to the last couple He had more of games. touch on his deep ball. It wasn't and, all rockets. And I truly believe that they had to have gone back and practiced and kind of revisit those things because after the end of that Illinois game, I mean, they were missing so many easy throws. You know, yeah, and again, it, back it was basics. both receivers and, and, For sure. and quarterback uh, breaking down in the passing game in that game. But you know, yeah, it was it was refreshing to see, and uh, you know, the game started off a little slow too offensively. I mean, we were they did exactly point. what they thought that we were they were going to do. They said load the box and play man coverage. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. You so know, we struggled early on. Took a couple drives to figure it out. And yep. I remember, you know, we were down seven to three, and I'm like, you know, the defense has to get a stop, or this game might be over early. Because I'm like, from what we'd seen, I'm like, I don't know yep. if we can start spotting two yard, you know, one yard, three right. yard runs. Like we were getting stuffed, and then McCarthy hits that. Uh, Hitch route to uh, Cornelius Johnson, yep. uh, and he takes it to the house, makes yep. uh, missing a couple tackles. And, when you uh, go, when you go, man, coverage load the box, and you play nothing deep. I mean, you you can't miss. Yeah, and you know, I guess the the funniest part was is that it was like watching Don Brown on the other side. That's like, exactly what I was thinking too. Was like they always yep. kept a bunch of guys in the box. And, yep. and you know, play, you live and die by it. Right. So it was interesting, but yeah. Michigan gets the 45-23 victory to move to 12-0 on the season. Uh, so glorious. Win, wins the Big Ten East, advancing to the Big Ten Championship to play uh, the Purdue Boilermakers this Saturday. Uh, they're 8-4, and four, um, coming out of a weak Western comp, or, uh, division where no one really wanted to win it, it appeared. Uh, first time since 1999-2000 that Michigan has won back-to-back games, including their first victory in Columbus since that last year, 2000. I was six years old, Chad. Yeah, I was five, so. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it, it's it's just crazy to think about, you know, how much has been accomplished over the last two seasons of Michigan football. You know, you talk about such a what's known as such a prestigious football program that's, you know, really struggled, you know, really the last – 10 years before Harbaugh got here. And then even going back in those, you know, 2010 to 2000 kind of range, you know, 
Michigan just struggled with Ohio State, their big rival, and feels good to get a couple on them. Not only get a couple, but win in you know dominant fashion, dominant fashion, leaving no questions on the field who the better team is right now. And you know, it's 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 a lot of fun. And you know, part of that success comes with uh, yeah. uh, recruiting yep. three Ohio kids within forty eight hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, after that game, including four star athlete uh, Jason Houlette. So. Uh, big gets for you Michigan. win when you win, man. Things just get fixed. Yeah, and yeah. you know that's it, it's it's a nation that watches that game. It's not just you know Ohio State and Michigan fans. A lot of eyes are on that. I think it was the most ever. Yeah, it was. I think it got up. It was averaged 17 million views uh, for the game, and I think it got up to peaked at 19.6 million. So, hell of a game. Uh, those numbers scare me a little bit for the playoff <laughs> consideration. Get into that later. Yep. Uh, if USC or TCU decide to uh, Crap lose the bed. this weekend. Yeah. But, you know, just overall, um, any overall thoughts before we kind of get into the good, the bad, the ugly? Dude, I'm still riding the emotional high from How many it. times have you watched the game over? I am on my second okay. so far. I've, so I've watched the highlights probably five I'm times. On, I'm, I'm, on my, excuse me, I'm on my third watch. Okay. And I've watched the highlights. I've also watched kind of the Big Ten, like, cinematic stuff. So it's been kind of engulfed in me for the last four to eight hours. But I'm just so proud of this team, man. I Being banged up. We, you know, the the next man up mentality, just team, the team to the team approach, just everyone doing their job. And credit to Coach Harbaugh and that coaching staff coming out with just a great game plan on both sides of the ball and really sticking to it. The second half dominance is what we continue to prove that we, what we, what we've been doing all year. I mean, they were, they, we knew that they were going to make plays. They're Ohio State. You know, they have some of the best players in the country. But the response that we had continually, just we never we never flinched. And we just warned them for four quarters. And they just I, – I, I've kind of felt the way that I felt last week. I said, I don't know if this is a tough team. I don't think this is a physically tough team. And they just, to me, or mentally tough. And ultimately, they folded. Yeah, I mean, I, one of the things we talked about a little bit on Saturday during the game was I, I was personally surprised at how undisciplined Ohio State was compared to Michigan. You know, we had no undisciplined personal penalties. fouls. Yep. You know, just Head stupid people. penalties, yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's just not something you typically see from Ohio State. I guess under Dave, the last two years, you've seen a little more. But I agree with you; it's just a team that's not tough when they're in close games. I mean, they get punched in the, you know, obviously they can deliver the first punch, but when they start getting punched back, it doesn't seem like I have as many answers. I don't know if you saw Hayes uh, after the game comments a little bit, but he said he knew early on in the game that we were going to win because he said there were times where uh, there was a couple of plays in particular where one of their backup defensive linemen came in, he made a play and immediately turned around saying, look, you SOBs, this is how you make a play. They're starting to bicker at each other. Like they, mm-hmm. There was just like a no cohesiveness approach to that team. He said, "We knew that we, I knew that we were the better team at that point, or the, more of the team because they were, you know, fighting. Yeah, and as the game went on, obviously uh, that proved to be true. Uh, I was going to get this a little bit later in the show, but I think it's a good time to bring it up now. Do you think after these last two victories over Ohio State that there's been a kind of a change in the guard moving forward? in the big 10 for it's the gotta be. it's gotta be yeah i mean let's be honest ohio state's always ranked ahead of us this every year, year. Yeah. they get the more publicity the sec the adjacent team you know? right you know? but i think at least for the foreseeable future uh if harbaugh keeps doing what we're doing not to mention we got a lot of people that'll be returning on this team in terms of you know mccarthy edwards yep uh some defensive I, guys I more, back. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's possible eric all's coming back right yeah. um 
I think the Big Ten goes through Ann Arbor at least for the next year. I'm with you. Um, I'm with you. And if it's not the narrative, keep it up. There's a part of me that says, you know, keep putting Ohio State at the top. I don't care. We know who we are. If you want to keep right. making that narrative, we'll be the underdog every year, and we'll go in three, four in a row. I don't care. Yeah, but I mean, just uh, it, it says something when Ohio State publicly comes out after last year's game, and you know. Has said throughout the year that we're focused on Michigan. There's a drill for Michigan every yep. day. Where there's always something dedicated to this game, and you know they've made the comments in the past and drop a hundred on this team. And you know everything they've worked for this year, they couldn't even come close in a sense. I, and I get the game was a little closer than the final score appeared. Two big touchdown runs to end the game, yep. but even though close battle for three quarters, whatever you want to call it, Michigan came out on the end, and there was no question about it. They were the better football team. Absolutely. And honestly, uh, well, to me, it goes back down to – it all starts with your leadership. And Ryan Day, you know, I think he's a great offensive mind. I question his leadership. Some coordinators are meant to be head coaches. Exactly. And I that's kind of how it happened. He was the OC for Urban Meyer. And then Urban Meyer left. He got the reins. And, you know, some dudes just – Aren't that aren't that he's young in his head coaching ability, so maybe down the road, but right now he's got to figure out how to be, get his kids yeah, to be tougher. I'll tell you what, it starts with him. Ryan Day is a beautiful record as Ohio State's head coach, but he loses again to Michigan next year. I won't be surprised if he's fired. Oh, yeah, 100%. Honestly, there's a part of me that wonders if he'll resign now just because he doesn't want to deal with it for another year. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I still think, despite the two losses to Michigan, he's built a lot yeah, he's of 45 and five. Like he's, yeah. he's done a very good job. Rose Bowl so. win. But, you know. Yeah, you don't, you don't win the game. It's uh he's Cooper 2.0 right yeah, now. It's uh not it's not not great to be a Buckeye fan, so <laughs> all right. So getting into the good, the bad, and the ugly from this game. Uh not a lot of bad and ugly to shockingly, right? No. Uh <laughs> you know, based on how that game went. But you know, starting with the good, I, I can't start with anyone else but the quarterback, JJ. McCarthy. Number nine. Yes, uh, sir. You know, 12 for 14 for 263 yards and three touchdowns. Um also Added on a rushing touchdown with 27 rushing yards. No turnovers. Made the big plays when he had to. Stood in the pocket when he had to. Finally completed a couple deep balls, you know, when he had to. Beautiful throws. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what I'd have done if he missed that one to Cornelius Johnson wide open over the middle. I might have just turned the TV off. <laughs> that, that would have been uh, awful. But, yeah, no, the, like I said, the kid stepped up when he did. And, you know, a big thing I noticed with him and really the Michigan team in general compared to Ohio State right from the get-go, I mean, J.J. looked loose. He was smiling. They looked like they were having fun. And as the game went on, you could really see the Ohio State players tensing up and their huddles and things like that. The Michigan players were rowdy. They were having fun. Yep. And, you know, when you play loose, you play your best, in my opinion. So it was it was great to see. Yeah, they, it was a lot of the uh, – for that team, that's the, really the first time that they've been to Columbus. Yeah. For most of that well, yeah, team. Yeah, we haven't played there since 2018. Yeah, so a lot of those guys, that was their first rodeo there. So the, that uh, you'd think it'd be – Tougher to overcome that as early as they did, but they were not phased at all. Yep. Uh, another guy who stepped up big time, Cornelius Johnson, four catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, no, both long touchdowns um, made the corner miss on the first one, took it to the house, and then uh, great, great move faking the corner to the post yeah. on the yeah. second touchdown. I mean, he had that safety totally turned around. And- yeah, they played that. Their their answer was, look, man, and they tried to play uh, like a cover three look behind it, and he just opened the corner out. That dude said, oh, here we go, and flipped the sips again. Yeah, and, and you know, great job on his his part, giving McCarthy a huge window, obviously, with yep. the struggles. Uh it's a, it's better when you have more room to throw it, I guess, in a sense. hundred percent. It was, it was, he played lights out, lights out. Yep. Uh, you know, and then the, the last obvious one I think is uh, Donovan Edwards, uh, 
Tough play with a, uh, a hand injury. I don't, yeah. I'm guessing it was broken at some point of fractures in there mm-hmm. uh, playing with a soft cast. But, uh, you know, it was a guy that, you know, and we texted about a little bit too. I was personally nervous because there was, especially early in the game, there were three or four handoffs. He can't change the pain. He can't change his hand. bobbled a little bit. I'm like, oh, no, this is a ticking time bomb in a close game. I'm like, one of his best assets is receiving the ball. I think he ended up having one catch. um, Yeah, he did. Or two catches, actually. But, uh, you know, obviously he wasn't going to be utilized as much in that aspect of the game. But, you know, credit to the coaching staff. They uh, trusted him. They stuck with him. And, uh, you know, obviously Blake Corum gave it a go early on. Tried to make a cut, yep. didn't look right. Uh, yeah. They they pull him immediately. Uh, obviously, they're going to rest them for this Big Ten championship. Game. I would think so. Hope they get him back for yeah. uh, playoff uh, game number one. Um, but yeah, they stuck with Edwards. Ended up with twenty two carries, two hundred sixteen yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, had the two daggers. Uh, what a seventy five and eighty six yard 85, touchdown. 75, 85, 85, yeah. Yep. So uh, you know, and and as much to credit to Edwards on those plays, being able to outrun everyone and uh, make people miss. All starts up front. Offensive man. line, man, uh, completely dominated. Uh, you know, part of that, Ohio State tried to bring blitzes, and obviously they picked the wrong gaps to blitz on those plays. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, it, overall, uh, it's just it's fun when you can put the dagger no in someone. No sacks. And yeah, no no sacks allowed, I don't believe. And, uh, you know, they, they played – it was impressive. To me, this is the best offensive line in the country. I'm not just saying that as a Michigan fan. I, I truly no, believe I, that. No, and I agree. I mean, I know the running game struggled for a lot of that game, but part of that was Ohio State's game plan of loading the box. And, yep. You know, Safety again, facing J, making J.J. and the Michigan offense win passing the ball, which they did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that early in the third quarter when they uh, threw the touchdown to Cortland, uh, the tight end. Loveland, yeah. Uh, Loveland, uh, yeah. Um, you know, Obviously, that end up being the game winning touchdown was all said and done. But the two uh, long runs at the end really uh, ice ice on the air, cake and, just on air. Didn't even get touched. Yeah, for so, Fun to see and uh, good stuff. And then uh, lastly, I think you have to credit the second half defense, not just this game, but all year. I all mean, year, man. Uh, who would have thought in the sequence of events in that second quarter that uh, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s touchdown with like 3.51 to go in the second was going to be Ohio State's last touchdown. I mean, I thought we were really on pace for uh, a shootout. A, a shootout. Yep. Um, but the defense buckled up. Um, and we were and we were texting back and forth. And, I, I mean, I was nervous just because I – last year, if you remember, like when, obviously you have Hutch and Ojabo. They're in the NFL for reasons. But we had a go-get route approach, and we were trying to just rush the pasture and go. This year we were really playing more of a contain, like make CJ make throws and stay in the pocket. And I'm thinking this is the number one receiver group in the country, making right. these dudes run around for as long and making Stroud make throws. We were, yeah. If he's not rushed. Early on, it was working in It was working in favor. Right and then we got to him a little bit, got him off his spot. But, I mean, we our secondary, man, I mean, yes, the, Marvin Harrison had that cuts down the sound. He's going to make plays. They, they made a bit, but for the most part, they locked the frick up, man. And they, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was our impressive. safety play. And Mike, first of all, Mike Sandersill is arguably the best nickel corner in in all of college football. Yeah, he's playing well. I I I, I thought Huge how are we how zone. how are we going to replace Daxton Hill? Right. And Mike Sandersill has come in and arguably played had more of an impact than Daxton Hill's yeah, had this year. No, he's been uh, he's been incredible. Obviously, had the big pass breakup mm-hmm. late in the game. So huge uh, tackles, just. Rod Moore, I thought, stood out too. He was he was close a couple, to a couple PBUs, interceptions, yep, yep. Uh, but laying the hit stick a couple times yep. and flying all over the field. No, I I'm so proud of these kids, man. Just everyone, it was the no star defense, whatever you want to call it. Jesse Minter, 
to me, is the best assistant in college football. Yeah, I he's, think up he, he's up for the too. award. I hope he wins it. He should. Yeah. Uh, I this. I'm so proud, man. Yeah, and the you know, just overall, just a fun, 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 fun game to watch. Uh, going to the bed. Not that there's much. The Coleman injury. I yeah, think I hope just, he just. I hope he didn't reset him. I, that, that's my thing. Like I hope he just tried to give it a go, and he was improved. But he just thought he could do a little bit more. But I, I think I don't because he didn't take any shots to me. He just no. Cut. It was on the cut. He just couldn't and cut. You could tell it wasn't right. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm sure they did their their medical. You know checks and balances in the sense that you know they said everything was structurally good. I've heard rumors of bone bruise. Um, yeah, same. Which can take a little while to heal. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's just, you know, pain tolerance. Just time, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if it is indeed a bone bruise, I'm confident that we can get them back for that playoff game. Uh, even, you know, even if it's uh, not 30 carry Corum in a sense that, you know, Corum and Edwards yeah. are much more 50-50 split to kind of keep the wear down. But uh, I think – I think if that if it is indeed just a bone bruise or something similar to that where it's not a structural thing, uh, I think he'll be ready to go in three weeks. You know, shut him down. Don't even worry about the Purdue game. Not saying take Purdue lightly in that sense, but you saw what Edwards could do in this game. Right. Uh, you also have Stokes, and you know, obviously have what, what was his name, Mullins or whatever linebacker, <laughs> linebacker whatever. One for one, baby. Whatever that was. <laughs> uh, what a play call! I don't. I would not have the kahunas to do that, man. But my point is, you know, uh, Edwards. Obviously, he is more than capable of leading the leading the charge. And if you can get JJ involved in that run game, pass efficiently as he did last week, I think uh, they'll be able to do a lot of what they want to do against Purdue. Mm-hmm. Um, but depth behind Edwards is also a concern, you know. As, as I said, Stokes, they they gave Stokes, what, two carries, and all of a sudden he was Yeah, gone, like, he just didn't, like, in those two carries, too, he missed us. He missed a hole on the, on the uh, second one. one. Yeah, one of them he missed a pretty nice and But, like, uh, he opening. just didn't run control, it seemed like. He was kind of just all <laughs> over the place. His body was out of control. So, like, I'd, I, 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 have, I have high hopes for him as he develops. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's ready right now. Yeah, and that's just kind of the fear, right? Obviously, hope Edward stays healthy. Um, and you have your elite options because uh, after that, I mean, I think if you lose both guys – in a sense, you almost have to get JJ as involved you as your to. number one runner. And, sort of and we got him involved in this game too, and more than we ever had. And I like it. I mean, that's yeah. everything about this game was what we were promised offensively with a JJ led offense. And I hope you continue to see it, right? I hope this is the start of something that is continuous up to, you know, through the rest of this year, yep. next season. And, you know, hopefully it continues on as long as McCarthy's the quarterback. Um, then the ugly, I mean, there's nothing ugly in my opinion on the Michigan side. I agree. I think the ugly for me was just, you know, I wasn't as shocked as, like you said, OSU being a little softer under the Ryan Day regime with undisciplined football. That that surprised me more than anything. Um, it's just not something you've typically seen from Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone gets a personal foul every yeah, now and then. Yeah, they're going to be – it's a high emotional game. But, the, but they the, had a couple, and they had a couple at bad times. Really bad times. Yep. It was uh, – and just penalties overall. Ohio State was penalized more than Michigan was, and, you know – there were no penalties where I'm like, wow, that was a weak call. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there was uh, – they just – undisciplined football, and like I said, they just don't play uh, play great from behind. It's one of those things where, uh, like you said, it starts at the top, and right now it looks like uh, the reins on the team is not where it used to be under the Meyer and past coaches. Yeah, I guess I guess not. And, I, you know, they brought in that new defensive coordinator thinking he is going to be changing things, and they literally ran the identical defense from last year. 
like not their game plan was almost identical, like almost the same man coverage early on. And they play a little bit more zoning against us last year, but they just, uh, it's the same defense too. Like the guys, I think they had a couple, like out of the 11, I think eight returned eight or nine. So yeah. like, it wasn't like it was a brand new team that need new, never played Michigan before. I don't know, man. The, the, at the end of the day, I mean, I credit the offensive line I, because that and our and, and our co-coordinator just never gave up on the run game, warring them for four quarters, and JJ making every throw that he needed to. Yeah, like I said, I just think it's uh, you know, it was to me, it was like watching Don Brown back in like 2018. Like you're not you, you have, have you figured the right blitz there. and play man, and you're not adjusting to the over routes, yeah. and these drags that are killing you guys, and it, kind of vice versa, like. Noel said, hey, I'm loading the box, and they're going to beat us passing, and then he just never stopped. Like, even though we proved we were passing the ball, like, he never adjusted to it. To me, playing zone coverage against McCarthy is McCarthy's tough. Like, McCarthy struggles when it's zone coverage. I cannot believe Ohio State did not throw any zone at him. Yeah. They, like, when McCarthy's got to sit there. Well, they did one time. The, the double move was a zone. That's true. But then they never said, well, we can't play zone. Right. Well, that's one. That, I want to put that on the coordinator. That was a bad call into that look. But Yeah. Like they didn't, they didn't consistently. Well, play. I think we can both agree throughout the season, McCarthy struggled most when he has to sit there, sit there, and wait, look, zone, and, and, you know, and man coverage. He knows where he's going with the ball. Yeah, not saying McCarthy couldn't have beat or executed with the zone, but make but, him be patient. Yeah, yeah I mean, we've watched the games. Assuming Ohio State's watched the games, <laughs> you know, you know what, you know, you know what some weaknesses are. Yeah. Uh, but hey. I mean, they, I get, I guess this made Illinois look pretty good. I mean, oh yeah. As far as that defense, that 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 secondary, because they locked they locked us down. For the yeah, most part. no, for sure. Uh, so, you know, again, part of it we talked about a little bit last week. How much in both Michigan and Ohio State's game last week, both were close. Was it you know a hundred percent focus on Illinois? Was it 75-25, You know, looking into the next week. Yeah. So, but yeah, I give Illinois credit. Uh, speaking of Illinois, do you see uh, uh, their coach's um, uh, tweet? No, to the Big Ten. He basically just said, you know, good things are coming for Illinois, but he he looks forward to uh, he would have looked forward to playing Michigan or Ohio State in the Big Ten Conference Championship with neutral officials and things like that. Oh my gosh! I was like, oh come on, man! I was like, <laughs> sore loser. Yeah, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, that's the good, the bad, the ugly for this week. Obviously, a ton of good, uh, not much bad, and the only ugly was on the scarlet and silver sideline. So uh, you know, fun, fun, fun week. Go blue. Go blue. All right. So, as always, uh, nothing changes with a big rivalry win. We uh, go around the Big Ten a little bit before we get to, uh, you know, the college football playoff rankings. Uh, that gets released tonight. Uh, first off, you know, we both thought Iowa was going to sure. uh, beat Nebraska and was gonna we were going to see a uh, possible rematch in the Big Ten Championship, which we would have if Iowa won. Uh, but they got upset by Nebraska, um, shockingly. And Purdue then just had to beat – Indiana to get in, um, and they would earn the berth, which they did. They uh, beat Indiana, the uh, earn their first, uh, yeah, first, first ever Big Ten championship. Uh, you know, still looking on the quest for the first winner of the West. So uh, we'll see what they can bring, but I'm not <laughs> expecting much. Um, and Illinois, uh, they uh, who I still think is the best team in the West. Uh, yeah, they just... unfortunately had a couple down weeks and uh, lost their positioning, but uh, they would have uh, earned. Uh, a birth to the championship if uh, Purdue would have lost as you know, Iowa and Purdue would have lost. So, um, cause I, I think they, they won this past week. They did. Yeah. They beat Northwestern like 41 to yeah. three. Um, 
But yeah, so Purdue earns it, you know, good for them. Good for the program. Uh, I do think O'Connell's one of the better quarterbacks in the big 10. So uh, it's not that they don't deserve it. Uh, you know, it was just typical Purdue in the sense that they beat a couple of teams. They shouldn't, and they lose a couple of games. They definitely shouldn't. And now <laughs> we get their eight and four mesh. So we'll see what they can bring. Yeah. Uh, Penn state gets a 10 win season to join Michigan, Ohio state as double digit winners. Uh, they beat Michigan state 30, eight to 16 or something like that. Uh, you know, to finish the season at home, uh, you know, tough, tough season for the Spartans, uh, Penn state. While I think they are not great. Uh, they've definitely benefited from a down big 10, uh, 10 wins nonetheless is impressive. And they will definitely get a nice, probably new year six bowl out of that. I would agree. Um, you know, obviously I think Ohio state's probably going to be representing the big 10 in the Rose bowl, barring anything crazy in the, uh, playoff shakeup this week. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Monday, Wisconsin uh, decided they are moving in a new direction, hired Cincinnati uh, head coach Luke Fickle. Great hire. Their new head coach. Um, they will be much improved over the next few years. It's going to be interesting what he does because he's he's a spread guy. So, I don't know. You can't just come in. <clears throat> you can. I don't think it's a good idea to kind of revamp an offense, you know, just because you're a spread guy. So, it'll be interesting how he evolves their offense because they get the big boys up front, you know, those downhill backs, bigger tight end type of guy. So, It'll be interesting to see what they do. But I think with his leadership, they, to me right now, are the favorites to win the West. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin. Moving forward. And is usually one of those. I'm not as big on Luke Fickle as you are. I think he's very uh, mediocre as a coach. Okay. Um, I know he's done very well at Cincinnati, um, but I don't think Cincinnati. Not big boy ball in Cincinnati. He's, he's recruited well, yeah. so I'll give him that. He's definitely recruited well, but we'll see what he can do at Wisconsin. Uh, there's a little more competition, in my opinion. That's true. Um, but anyway uh, – no, impressive nonetheless that Cincinnati has not, not lost more than three football games since 2018, 11-2 uh, in 2018, 11-3 in 19, 9-1 uh, in 2020, 13-1 in 2021, including a playoff berth uh, loss to Alabama, Alabama and then 9-3 this season. So um, before we get to the next hire, because it doesn't really apply to what I'm about to say, okay. how do you feel about these coaches leaving their teams before their bowl games? It's not my favorite. I, I, feel I like wish there's a rule like in the NFL you gotta where finish. you have to finish your season. Yeah. Because I think about it, and we're going to get to more in the next show, but we have several Michigan assistants that are up for possible head coaching jobs. Like, do you think – I don't think they would leave because we're in a national championship, you know, It would be after the fact. I, to but, me, it would be like – it would be Georgia's situation. But look happens. at Kelly last year leaving Notre Dame before they technically knew that – they had a chance to sneak in the playoffs based on what happened that weekend, and he still left before that to go yeah, to LSU. So, I wish they would make a rule about that. And I get, you know, collect you know, collect your money, whatever sort of thing, but and you want to get, you know, as early start in recruiting as you can. And I get that's a little different yeah. than the NFL that has scheduled periods of, you know, free agency, draft, things like that. But I really think you should be held to a standard to finish your season before um before moving on. No, I, I, I agree with you. I just feel like it's a big slap to the face to your assistance to your staff. And, kids. and and the kids more importantly to you know you've they invest so much of their time and and I mean that these kids are on scholarship to play they have you know some of them are making money and your staff too is you know you're their leader and you're just a deuces like I, and, and I get bowl games don't mean what they necessarily used to mean I mean if you're not in the playoffs it's kind of a bust like I the, get it the Rose Bowl does not have the lust it had oh, yeah, years ago whatever mm-hmm. or really just I guess last eight years when that, before the playoffs really was implemented. But at the end of the day, um, you know, good for Fickle. I think it is a solid hire for Wisconsin, obviously. A lot of but, people uh, wanted Leonard. 
from what the post I, and I, I thought that was the direction they were going to go. I yeah. thought they would retain Leonard. I thought that was part of the reason they moved down from Christie was because they knew they had Leonard and they were like, okay, we'll just yeah. get it started here. Um, I get they had a couple let down, uh, yeah. you know, but if they if they if uh, if Mentor's been in conversations apparently, not con- but like rumored to have opportunity. If, if they don't bring back Leonard, I I hope Harbaugh would give Leonard a call. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, hopefully we get Minter for I one keep, more yeah, year. But I want uh, no Minter. No, Leonard would be a very solid. Around. He'll have he'll have a lot of opportunities to go where he wants, and he still might have an opportunity to uh, head coach at a smaller school for sure. To, for but, sure. Uh, yeah, if he wants to stay with the big boys as a D coordinator, I, I think he'll have plenty of options. Uh the next one, uh, Nebraska hires Matt Rule as the as their new head coach. Obviously, coached at Baylor. Um, you know, uh, three years ago. Last year was in 2019, coached the Carolina Panthers the last two, two and a half years, I guess you yep. could say. He got fired earlier this year. Um, but I think, uh, actually, that's a I like that hire more than I like the Luke Fickle hire for Wisconsin just because, uh, you know, in proximity, Baylor, Nebraska, Big 12 ties in, you know, right. in a sense. But recruiting grounds, he's kind of used to, you, you know, at Nebraska, you kind of recruit the same areas, you know, Baylor does. He's going to run that you know spread style offense that Nebraska set up to, and I'm a firm believer. I think Nebraska got talent on that roster. It's I just, just think the coach going. has let yeah. them down. Um, and a rumor I have heard, which will be interesting because he's played very good ball the last month. Uh, rumor has it that Spencer Rattler might transfer to Nebraska, being that rule. Uh, uh, the South Carolina offensive coordinators uh, just got hired as uh, Nebraska's OC. Kind of like rule. a Caleb Williams situation all over again with Similar. Lincoln Riley. Um, I'm not a huge Rattler fan, but there's no denying that South Carolina has been a force the last month. And he's they been, have been. He's played he's, his best ball in the and I, <coughs> let's, uh, That is interesting to me. You're I, talking about a former, what was going to be a number one pick in the NFL a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was supposed to win the Heisman. lost yeah. his uh, – Lost at uh, Oklahoma with his team and all that, but um, yeah, the guy behind him is way better than him. Yeah, oh, that was. <laughs> but at the end of the day, um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, if Rattler does go there, I think that could really uh, kind of bounce Nebraska up. Not saying they're going to go win the Big Ten next year, but could be know, a, they, they faster could. recovery than yep. you know maybe some expect. But I, I I do personally think Nebraska has a lot of talent, and it's just about bringing it together and getting those guys on the same page. So I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska's in contention for the West next year. I agree. I, Matt Matt Rule is a good coach. I I think the only thing against him from a stat, a stat perspective is I don't think he's won a top twenty five matchup in the when at Baylor, if I remember correctly. I don't think he won a big time game. He's like oh and something oh and five oh and six. Yep. Something like that, but you know, I think he's he's a good culture guy. He's gonna get those kids to play hard, um, and uh, I think Nebraska in the found their guy for a while. I think I think when you try the NFL and you kind of fail at the NFL, you don't uh, you don't go back. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's get into the college football playoffs. Just released moments ago, um, they are exactly what I expected: Georgia number one, Michigan number two, TCU number three, USC number four. Ohio State sitting comfortably at that five spot and yep. Alabama at six. No um, shockers there. No. Uh, I know there's a little debate between uh, Alabama and Ohio State who would be five and six just given Alabama's schedule uh, compared to Ohio State, but given the one-loss team, um, it's hard to hard to put Bama over them, especially when Bama struggled in other games as well. Um, I just really hope USC and TCU wins. Not so much like – 
It felt like a playoff game on Saturday, and I don't think Ohio State should get a second chance, especially you know. if both USC and TCU lose somehow. Do Alabama and Ohio State both go in the top four? I think TCU stays in. You do? Okay. I do. I think uh, now there's a possibility that Ohio State goes the three and TCU goes the four in mm-hmm. a sense. But, uh, you know, I, and I'm a firm believer, and I wish they would kind of make a rule or something in the sense that uh, I don't think you should be penalized on success. And, you know, these conference champions in the playoffs play an extra game because it's forced to because they win. Uh, I don't think necessarily that especially undefeated teams should be penalized if they end up losing. Like I think Georgia and Michigan are safe no matter what. I think if Georgia were to be upset by LSU or Michigan were to be upset by Purdue, they still get in, especially given how it's played out because Ohio State's in there at five. No one's going to put Ohio State over Michigan after Michigan just beat them at Ohio State. Right. right? So, But in a sense that I hope the four in there remain in there because Michigan just beat Ohio State handily. I don't think they deserve it. And I think I think it would be really unfair to Michigan if somehow Michigan and Ohio State end up playing a first-round playoff game together because we both know it's hard to beat a team twice in yes. a month. And why should they get a redo in a sense? Like, why, why do they get a second chance? Sort of yep. thing? So, yep. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, I think – I think they got it right in the sense that those are the four best teams in the nation. Uh, like mm-hmm. I, I've been saying it all year, Alabama is not the same Alabama as they've been. No, they're not. Uh, Ohio State's soft. They do not play well in close games, it appears. Can't run the ball. And really, there's no one else that can get in. Like, it, it'll be those two teams, and that's that's kind of all said and done. But I do hope it stays as is. Um, you know, Georgia, Michigan, I think are locks no matter what. In my opinion, TCU should be a lock given they're undefeated, and Unfortunately, if USC does lose, they probably do fall out. But again, well, they already got one loss, right? And they're playing and they beat Utah, Utah again, who's already beat so. them once. So. I do think they'll beat Utah this time. Yeah, I do too. Uh, being a neutral site, not not at Utah. Caleb Williams is about to make is going to win the Heisman off this yeah. next game. So uh, I, if he already hasn't, I, if I had to predict right now, I think the playoff will stay as is. That will be what we see yep. after these Saturday championship games. But uh, that'll be a one heck of a matchup. Ohio State and Alabama, they are holding on to slight slight hope. Slight so hope. We'll see yeah. what happens. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm excited for it. Um, that TCU quarterback's pretty good, too. He's good. I he's still not, think Michigan beats TCU by multiple scores. I do, too. If that's I, the game that ends up happening. I, I just don't think they can hang with us for four I quarters. I think we should beat USC, too, but I don't really want to experiment I don't against, want to experiment uh, Caleb Williams. USC I'd rather let Georgia's defense <laughs> handle that. Um, yeah, I, I think we could just ground the crap out of TCU. You know, I know a lot of people think, you know, Michigan had a legitimate argument to be number one after this weekend, just given that they beat two Ohio State, beat them handily. Also have a big win over uh, number eight, Penn State. I don't know where Penn State is in the current rankings. They were eight, I think. Um, but anyway, um, you know, you got you handle your business first two top ten teams now uh, where Georgia's – big wins have kind of fallen down the rankings a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, I've said I'd rather play TCU than USC, so I'm fine with staying at the two spot. At the end of the day, one, two, you know, it is what it is. I know? agree. At the end of the day, I think we're on a collision course for a rematch of Michigan. Yeah, Georgia just, Michigan's, on, Michigan's on a train to go get Georgia and rematch them. Yes. And uh, while I can't say handily right now that I think Michigan – Will win that game. I do think it'll be much closer than it was. I do. I, Michigan definitely has a fighting chance this year. Where yes. last year it didn't feel. Michigan got feel feel, we much. got bullied last year, and I think that was kind of a rude, rude awakening that if you want to be at the highest level, mm-hmm. 
this is where you got to be from a physical standpoint. And I think our our strength and conditioning coach and that staff said, okay. I think our O-line's definitely there. Yeah. Uh, defensive line, I still have some questions about what they can do against our uh, the Georgia O-line because the Georgia O-line is – if they're not equally as good, they're just under. Michigan yeah, they're, in and sense. I mean, I will also say we're bigger le- ne- this year than we were oh, last sure. year on both sides of the mm-hmm. ball. So that's also part of it. So I, we will uh, play one game at a time. But I think you are correct. It is a collision course uh, with a rematch of Georgia. If all goes as expected, Natty. I know that's a lot. But TC, I mean, football. TCU can score. No, there's no disrespect to yeah. TCU, but I don't think they've played a team like Michigan either. Right. They're, you know, TCU's defense is not that great, and they've won a lot of close games this year. I don't know if they can – I don't know what kind of rhythm they can play in, and maybe they prove us wrong, but, you know, if Michigan has those long drives of six, seven minutes just gashing and running the ball, how does TCU respond not being in their rhythmic offense right. that is Big 12, you know, football in a sense? Yeah. So – We'll see what happens, um, but yeah, I think I, I do think TCU can score, um, and you know they'll challenge. Michigan I mean, I see days, TCU but, and USC uh, being very similar. They both score a lot of points, and they just get enough on defense so far this year to get the keys, the stops when they need to. But they're they're not known for defense, and I, I wonder if that at some point is going to be their Achilles heel in the in the playoff if USC can't stop uh, Georgia and TCU can't stop us. I mean. I, that's the thing about Michigan. I feel like not just being a fan, but objectively, I would say they are the most complete team in college football right now. Number one defense, top 10 offense. We're we're getting it done on both sides of the ball where a lot of these other teams are great on one side, not necessarily great on the other. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think uh, both Michigan and Georgia are there for the complete teams, but I agree. Uh, I think TCU and USC definitely lack defensively. And uh, I think in either matchup, whatever would end up being in those matchups. I do think uh, Michigan would be able to do what they want offensively for the most part. Um, it'd be interesting to just see how we stop uh, Caleb Williams or uh, Max Duggar and, you know. You know Tall tests. More explosive offense than, you know, I guess more compared to Ohio I, State. I right? would say, you know, TCU's offense reminds me a little bit of Ohio State as far right. as, like, skill set goes. Mm-hmm. And, you know what, like, I, I'm not I'm 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 not scared of those offenses. No, no. I think it's uh I think both matchups would favor Michigan. Uh, but like I said, I just don't want to have to deal with a Heisman. Nope. Yeah. I guess they're both technically Heisman candidates. But One's the Caleb Williams going to be the winner, right? <laughs> yes. So he's he's uh, next level. Yeah. So that's the college football rankings going into the championship weekend. Georgia number one, Michigan number two, TCU number three, and USC number four. If things stay as is, Michigan will face TCU in the first round of the playoffs. And, again, Ohio State sits at number five, Alabama <laughs> number six. So if you don't want to rematch with Ohio State, then you want to root for TCU and USC this weekend. If you do want a chance, uh, another shot at Ohio State for a chance to fire Ryan Day this year, get Ryan Day <laughs> fired this year, uh, you know, and take the risk of playing them twice in that, four weeks. That, that, Chad, that might be possible. If that happens oh, and he loses I, again, I guarantee you he'd be fired he's done. if he lost to Michigan He's again. done. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, again, I, I don't know if I want to roll the dice. I don't either. The same team. I don't. And, again, this time would be at a neutral site. Eh, you know, it's not <laughs> something I really want to roll the dice. Not necessarily that I'm scared of Ohio State, but again, it just goes back to the same thing. Like it's hard to beat a team mm-hmm. twice in a short amount of time. Right? It is. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, you know, fun, fun, fun stuff on the horizon, and uh, we get to look fun, uh, look forward to another postseason in college football for the Michigan Wolverines.
That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, you can follow us on Spotify or subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts by searching the Victors-Michigan Podcast. Uh, you can also subscribe to Between the Whistles Detroit on YouTube to catch our podcast as well as the rest of your Detroit sports needs. Uh, again, just an incredible, incredible game against the Buckeyes. Uh, Michigan, uh, I don't want to say shocks the world again, but definitely silenced a lot of doubters out there. Um, if you have any thoughts on the game or any predictions for what's coming up in the championship game or the playoffs, feel free to leave a comment on our posts and things like that. Uh, uh, rate, our, rate our podcast. Um, we, we appreciate it. It uh, helps us grow and uh, expand our audience. So uh, we appreciate when you guys get involved. And uh, we'll get ready for a Big Ten Championship Saturday against Purdue. Go Blue! Go Blue!